Bounce Roundup back at it after last week off. I gotta take vacation time sometime, guys. I'm Greg Bishop. Thanks for hanging out, waking up each and every morning with me. If you like what I do, be sure to cast a vote in the Illinois Times Best Of under Radio Personality. You'll see Greg Bishop, WMAY. I'd appreciate your vote and be sure to tell your friends about it as well. Uh, all right, so each and every Wednesday we bring you the Council Roundup, and it's a review of what happened the night before. So this is the freshest stuff in our tape, and uh, we're bringing it to you so you don't have to sit through the two and a half hours of the meeting last night. I'll give you all the highlights, all right? Uh, of course, Head West Subs sponsors this program. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location is open for lunch. They're also open for lunch on Saturdays, and don't forget about delivery. Head West Subs. Let's get right into it. Last night was about a two-hour and 40-minute meeting or so. And, of course, there's uh, some uh, important information about ordinances and ballot referenda that they discussed. But uh, they also had several presentations right up front after they did zoning. And one of the presentations was from Scott Dahl, the tourism director for the city of Springfield, uh, giving an overview of one of the uh, the most recent advertising campaigns. Uh, we wanted to give you a recap of our summer uh, digital marketing campaign. We also have a very busy fall convention and winter convention season as well. So we want to get ahead of that and provide you this information and the results of that summer digital marketing campaign. So Emily Lynch was there with Sinclair. They were the ones that won the contract to help with the marketing and she laid out some of the parameters and places that uh, they sent advertising of all kinds, TV, uh, uh, digital ads and so on. We targeted cities like Milwaukee, Madison, Wisconsin, Cedar Rapids, Davenport, Iowa, Chicago suburbs, Moline, Illinois, Indy, Paducah, and St. Louis, and Kansas City, Missouri. And they were targeting day trippers, people who, who like history, uh, really tying in that Lincoln theme. Uh, but Dahl came back with uh, some stats that he wanted Springfield Alder people to kind of get a heads up on. For us this year, the numbers are in through August. Uh, we had pre-pandemic levels this right. year uh, in revenue and travel expenditures. Pre-pandemic levels. Uh, so have we rebounded? Sounds like it. What about the monthly rates for hotels? August, we ran $109 average daily rate. We've never broken $100 uh, up to that point. So um, we're also got a, uh, a record-setting year-to-date average daily rate. Occupancy is just a couple points down. So again, we've returned to pre-pandemic levels uh, on all levels, and I think part of that is this digital marketing. So uh, he's equating it to the digital marketing campaign, keeping Springfield back front and center in front of travelers' minds. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, the, the hotel rates across the country have gone up. I, you go to any place, it's hard not to pay more than $100 uh, if you want a nice hotel. I mean, if you want to you know, some... Roaches here and there or something. You might uh, might get away with paying uh, you know fifty bucks or something. But uh, hotel rates across the country have gone up quite a bit. Uh, I think up in Chicago, even uh, the average rate's like two fifty, three hundred dollars. Uh, but either way, uh, Alderman Redpath has got a question about hotels. Do, do you have uh, any numbers on the hotel occupancy rates? And Scott Dahl coming back with a response. Uh, right, currently we're running fifty three point four percent year to date uh, in the city. And uh, we're running $96 average daily rate, which, again, is a record-breaking rate. Awesome. We've never ran a $96 rate. And well, there you go. Uh, not bad at all. Here's the mayor with uh, a pointed question. And uh, do we have a, the numbers for the Wyndham? <laughs> I think that's what he's getting at. 
<laughs> Do we have how many rooms? What's the percentage? Well, I didn't so we, Well, no, we, we oh, receive citywide. We receive citywide, so we can't break it down by right. per property. So, uh, you know, that's a combination of all of the properties. Uh, so there's properties that I, I think are running, you know, 95%. I think there's properties that may be running 30%. Mm, 30% occupancy is not that great for an average. It's kind of hard to sustain in that. Um, all right, so that was one presentation. Another presentation. Next, we have uh, Brad Fletcher from the Illinois Finance Authority talking to us about the PACE program. The PACE program. Brad Fletcher with the Illinois Finance Authority there to explain if you're that. not familiar with the authority, we're a state agency, but we're self-funded. Uh, so taking myself as an example, if I don't make money, we don't pay payroll, our own bills, et cetera, et cetera. So we're motivated. So it's essentially kind of like a TIF district, he says. Ordinance to create a PACE area, uh, somewhat analogous to a TIF district, if you will. Uh, as well as establish a PACE program on a pilot basis for two properties in particular. Uh, one is 607 East Adams. The other, as I understand, is 1 North Old State Plaza. So uh, a couple of ordinances that were up for consideration dealt with creating a PACE jurisdiction and two pilot projects. Uh, and this ultimately, he says, uh, is, is a, a program to help facilitate more economic developments. Uh, CPACE stands for Commercial Property Assessed Clean Energy Financing. And under state law, municipalities can create these PACE areas uh, at the request of uh, owners and developers of commercial real estate. Uh, so such owners can make energy efficient improvements on their properties at a lower cost than would otherwise be available than conventional financing. So um, it's an interesting uh, new investment vehicle of sorts. And since the Illinois Finance Authority is the one dealing with this, instead of Springfield dealing with one and then Peoria dealing with one and then so on, you got all these different municipalities. He says that if it's a centralized shop, then they've got it all taken care of. As you can imagine, there's 1,297 municipalities in the state of Illinois. If you are a capital provider from the West Coast or the Sun Belt, the last thing you really want to do is negotiate legal and financing documents with 1,297 different cities. And he said the city of Springfield will not be on the hook. We are the financial conduit issuer of record, not the city of Springfield. Therefore, the city of Springfield does not incur any compliance or accounting obligations over the life of the loan, which can extend up to 30 years. It's Illinois Finance Authority paper, not the city of Springfield paper. So that administrative burden has been obviated. So they ultimately did pass those ordinances through after that presentation. Coming up, we will get into some unfinished issues at the Illinois State House from the lobbyists for the city, Larry Luster and Mark Turner. So that's coming up next. Get an idea of what some of the major issues city officials are looking to have remedied at the Illinois State House. Just a preview pensions, safety act, casinos. Stay tuned. We'll get to that next. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. The downtown location open for lunch, also open for lunch on Saturdays, and don't forget about delivery. Head West Subs. All right, so last night they were going through some presentations before getting into city business, and one of them was about the lobbyists for the city of Springfield, those who go to the state capitol to lobby on behalf of the city. Larry Luster, Mark Turner, and others were there. They talked about a variety of things that they've dealt with, including health getting coal capture programs funded, helping with law enforcement issues, and much more. Here he is. Um, lastly, you know, some, some items that we're, we're going to continue to work on are um, gaming. I know there's an appetite to bring a casino to Springfield, so still gathering information and working with legislative leaders around that concept. And we'll hear a little bit more about gambling 
uh, coming up. But another issue that uh, Larry Lester said was uh, top of mind still. The, the, the North Mansion block and bring that, that entertainment space and make it live for folks. We're still working on that. In- so another uh, piece of unfinished business at the Illinois State House. And Alderman Redpath has a question that uh, he wants to make sure is top of mind. One of the biggest problems we're going to see is uh, pension reform and as you know we asked you to look into that and that has to we need to turn the flames up on that because we need help and as every other municipality does in the, in the state yeah it's not, not much movement on being able to provide more assistance for local police and fire pension funds which springfields are uh, just increasing in their unfunded liability uh, quite a bit we'll have to talk with uh, alderman uh, joe mcminniman about that in detail because he's got all those numbers and is able to pull them out rapid fire. Uh, it's rather staggering, actually. Uh, but uh, the mayor, he jumps in with some of his concerns as well. Another item is, uh, it's been in the news recently, is the Safety Act. And um, I don't know if you can share any insights. Uh, you know, it's my understanding. It's uh, state's attorneys have filed lawsuits. Uh, we received a letter from a political action group asking us to weigh in on uh, rescinding it, um, you know, in the middle of an embroiled lawsuit. So, and I think there's a provincial uh, amendments coming forward, but uh, do you know or can you get, provide any insights with regards to that? So there's been a lot of discussion um, about them bringing this back up for discussion during veto session and possibly lane duck session if there is one. So my suggestion would be to um, to be mindful and to pay attention to what's going on. So we got, of course, the November 8th election and then the following week begins veto session. And that's when they could after the election. So I guess they get the headwinds of the election and say, oh, the Democrats got their their butts handed to them. Uh, then they might come back. And this is just all the speculation and uh, political pontification. But, uh, you know, if they get shellacked in uh, in November 8th, then they could come back uh, post-election and be like, okay, we need to tighten up things. If they don't and they do very well, they might not come back and change it. I don't know. Uh, still unforeseen. But you got a lobbyist there for the city saying that they're hearing uh, there's likely going to be some changes either right after the election or shortly thereafter the election. For the law that takes effect January 1st, it's the Safety Act, includes the Pretrial Fairness Act, the cashless bail program where individuals uh, who are pretrial detainees are no longer held uh, and can be released. However, it's up to a judge uh, with their discretion uh, as to somebody uh, whether they should be held pretrial. So a lot of concerns about that, but obviously something that's still top of mind even as uh, we've got just a handful of weeks before the November election. More from Larry Lester. Um, the governor has already stated that they'd like to, and they're working on currently coming back with a trailer piece of uh, legislation to address some of the concerns in the in the Safety Act. And it's a lot around uh, implementation. There's just no real clarity around that. And all parties in both sides are able to uh, agree to that point. So I believe that that will be one of the top priorities for the veto session in November or scheduled early December. And then we're going to have to work really fast to bring our local um, clerks and courts and counties up to speed on uh, the adjustments that I anticipate to be made behind it. Uh, And then uh, Alderman Sean Gregory on a totally different issue that was brought up earlier, but it deals with gambling. You know, we have a lot of gaming um, spots, and if that's going to help us move, you know, to be on that list, I think um, to have all our gaming and all our gambling in one place, bringing jobs and and revenue to the city um, would be a good thing. So he says, uh, let's get a casino. 
this is a great time to to be on that list to, to fight for a casino uh, in the city because people like to gamble. It is what it is. I don't gamble anymore, but um, <laughs> anymore, but. Um, you know, uh, we should do what people like to do. Now, with the issue of casinos, uh, watching closely what happens at the state house when they're in session and the hearings that uh, take place in committees and whatnot, it's very contentious. Uh, it's very convoluted. Uh, you had a lot of gambling expansion with sports betting, uh, with uh, increased uh, numbers of uh, gambling machines places can have, uh, with the uh, casinos in Chicago. We've seen headlines out of there concerning that. So I don't know if there's an appetite, and I think this is Mark Turner from the group that lobbies for the city of Springfield, uh, bringing up what he's heard so far about the possibility of even more expanded gambling in Illinois. The chairman for the executive committee who handles all of the gaming on the state side, Representative Bob Rita, has at this point said that, look, we're, we're kind of holding off on any full expansion talks, but we will keep Springfield included in those discussions and, and keep you updated on how that's, how that's going so we'll watch that space closely and see if there's any movement there. I don't think it's going to happen in short order. Uh, all right, stay tuned. Coming back, we will get into the issue of a non-binding resolution that's passed last night to ultimately uh, ask voters if they want to see some uh, townships collapsed into the city of Springfield proper. They're already in city limits. We'll hear all the ins and outs of that coming up next. Finishing up the council roundup with uh, a controversial measure in front of voters now. It's not a binding resolution. It's a non-binding referendum that deals with taking some of the townships that are already within the city of Springfield corporate limits but have more taxes upon those living in those townships. And Mayor Jim Langfelder, he wants to ask voters across the city of Springfield their thoughts on this. It's the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. Open for lunch Saturdays, too, and don't forget delivery. Here's the mayor talking about the referendum. Next item on the agenda is 2022-397, a resolution authorizing an advisory question of public policy for submission on the ballot of the consolidated election to be held on April 4, 2023, regarding the dis dissolving of the portion of all townships located in the city of Springfield. So he has a few questions that he was asked and he provides some answers. Any township parcels uh, within the corporate limits of the city of Springfield. Um, and this would include, there was a list uh, that we can't go over, but it was Woodside, Kern, Gardner, Springfield, I think Rochester, and um, might be missing one or a couple others. But those are the main ones, I believe. Chatham had one, Ball, and <coughs> Clear Lake, and Cotton Hill. So those are uh, some of the, uh, the townships that uh, would be impacted by this. But it's just a non-binding resolution. Here's the mayor again. That allows townships to retain municipally annexed properties instead of having them go to the previously go to the municipality's previous conterminous township of capital. Through different administrations, properties have been annexed, but uh, retained by the original township. And to date, there's 1,390 parcels. So uh, ultimately, he says that uh, uh, this this would, uh, if passed, it would allow for uh, you know the the city officials to get a sentiment of the public, and then go to the state house to try to address some of the loopholes. Upon the public passing the referendum, we will request the state legislature to close the loophole and dissolve the parcels from township jurisdictions 
so we can provide property tax relief to the affected residents. Now, who's ultimately going to be impacted by this? These are uh, parcels that were already annexed into the city. These have nothing to do with people outside the city limits right now. And, and that's going to be only people who can vote in Springfield are those who are going to be impacted by this. But again, a non-binding resolution. They would have to take further steps if they wanted to actually do something about it. Uh, here's the mayor. If, uh, if you're already in the city of Springfield, corporate limits, you've already been annexed in, that's what this will address. Or not future all annexations. Woods, but not all woods but on uh, Lake Town, with Lake Town, it is uh, a large enough um, area that it has to be voted on by the residents of Lake Town. Isn't that correct, Council? Right. Jim Zirkel. Well, this so, has no impact on Lake Town or really on Woodside. It doesn't do away with Woodside Township at all. It just keeps them from taxing people in the city. Well, you're going to need to address. You're going to need to. So we'll hear some of the more concerns there. Several uh, citizens uh, addressed the council last night, uh, but uh, really, you know, they they had their their same concerns, and we'll hear some of that crystallized coming up. But Alderman Joe McMiniman highlighting something he says they just found out before the meeting. We learned prior to this meeting tonight that there are no township roads within the corporate limits of the city of Springfield. There are no township roads within the corporate limits of the city of Springfield. So to the extent these 1,390 partial owners are paying a, a, a road tax to the, to the township, they're paying for something that for which they do not receive any benefit within the jurisdiction of the city of Springfield. So as the mayor said earlier, I mean, this is about uh, ensuring that uh, they can find some property tax relief for sp people who live in Springfield corporate limits, but are also paying to a township. So they're, in essence, getting kind of uh, double taxed there. Gary Budd, he stood up and uh, opposed this idea. You guys can't take care of what you got. I mean, it's a proven fact. And... and and he goes on to say that, uh, you know, townships have a lot to offer. We have general assistance in Springfield Township. We have our own assessor. The city of Springfield doesn't. And our assessment usually is a little cheaper than living in the city. And more from Gary, bud. You get more for your money than you think you do for your buck. You get a lot more. We have a dumpster program that's open during the week in the first Saturday of the month that those people take and get advantage of. And they do take advantage of. We also have a Christmas a food basket that we give out, out in December, which we do get people in that areas that you're talking about that come in December that will get this. There's services here that you guys don't give, that you get in these townships. But Gary Budd also talked about funding being a concern and the people who are in those townships working for those townships. Uh, that's another thing that you always hear about when you hear government consolidations is what about the jobs? Uh, well, those are taxpayer-funded jobs, and if you can find efficiencies elsewhere, I mean, oh. Uh, but uh, here's uh, a concern about the funding. We have approximately 2,700 households. If you take over 600, we're down to around 2,000. That's a huge cut, guys. Huge cut in Springfield Township. We try to do our best and live within the means that we have. And trust me, we don't get sales tax. We don't get none of that. We live off of what we replacement tax and property tax. And I'm proud to say we do a good job. So it'll be interesting to see ultimately what happens because the measure did pass. It's a non-binding resolution.
and the motion passes six voting yes four voting no and one voting present some of these townships could also offer up their own resolution however i don't think it's going to be able to get on the april ballot they'll might they might have to wait for uh the election in 2024 uh meanwhile moving on to unfinished and new business alderwoman purchase highlighting some of the great turnouts for community events and she said that's the good news but she said the bad news there's violence in Springfield and was really unbearable with the phone calls, the text messages from the shooting downtown to literally um, having a shooting right a block away at the park in Enos Park. And I'm happy that this individual is OK, but um, nobody should have to feel unsafe at two o'clock in the afternoon mm. with their child in the park and get hit with a bullet. Mm. So we're like lucky that that's not a life that's lost. She continued about uh, saying the city's being proactive about this. What we're doing in the neighborhoods with these police walks, walks are um, building a trust with the community, but we're going to actively do more. And I spoke with Chief Scarlett and Chief Josh and asked him to come up tonight to talk briefly about it and was speaking with the mayor about more proactive measures that we can take downtown. The assistant police chief was there to uh, talk about some of the particulars of the downtown shooting that happened over the weekend, the early morning hours Sunday, where it was, what, 17 or 20 shots, two people shot in the leg, non-life-threatening injuries, but still not something you want to hear, especially at uh, some of these areas where they still have bar patrons uh, up to 3 o'clock in the morning. But when shots ring out in the early morning hours of Sunday, that uh, that definitely sends uh, shock waves throughout the community. We are working with the bar owners to hopefully get a little more information about some of the events that they are bringing in to downtown, especially the later ones. You know, we don't have these issues with the earlier events, the festivals and those type of things. It's the uh, late night um, concerts and things that are occurring at those um, bars. And so getting some information about when those are occurring so that, uh, you know, maybe we can increase enforcement, um, not just in the downtown area, but, you know, these type of events tend to draw crowds in from outside the city and watching some of those corridors and uh, increasing our enforcement efforts there along with Illinois State Police who has assisted in the past. Yeah, so I think if you've got uh, a bar that has a special out of you know area guest coming to the coming to the bar at a one o'clock show in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, uh, it might be best to have some police on hand just to ensure things don't get out of hand. But that was downtown early morning hours. What about the shooting that happened Monday afternoon in Enos Park? Here's some uh, brief detail. Um, the incident in the park, from what we understand, is that there was a some sort of argument that occurred. One of those subjects maybe was already armed while in the park and uh, another subject retrieved a firearm from a car. Mm, so and then you get uh, ultimately what happened there. Alderwoman DeCenso uh, raising concern about a lack of information from police on certain things. I did have an incident in my ward last night where I keep trying to get information from the Springfield Police Department and I can't get it. So I have concerned neighbors, concerned citizens. This is a low crime area. And I've asked multiple times from last night through today. And I can't get the information. So I can't reassure my neighbors what's going on in their neighborhood. And I've brought this up before. And I understand if there's an investigation going on, I get it. And they get it too. But you have to give them something. Because otherwise, they're just wondering, you know, well, 
Am I in danger? Can I, my kids go out and play? I mean, what's going on here? So you'll likely hear more conversation about that and more uh, as we try to get a better understanding of uh, how we're responding to, to violent gun crime in Springfield. Uh, meanwhile, Alderwoman DeCenso bringing something else up. Saw this on social media all over the place. Some of you driving by it, seeing a puddle and like, oh, geez, come on. Probably all day yesterday had calls about the flooded underpass at Ash Street. Um, to my knowledge, it was impassable till three oh, o'clock in the afternoon. Unbelievable. It's a brand new underpass. Was it Laurel or Ash? It was Ash. Laurel. Laurel. So the even newer one. How many, how many millions of dollars did we spend on that? <laughs> and the thing floods? Come on. Um, basically, uh, the the thing that protects the pump from burning up um, shut down the pump, and unfortunately, uh. it, it shut it down, and we weren't able to get it fixed until until today, which we had a bypass solution, and we do have an extra part that, uh, and we'll be able to fix it permanently. Wow, <laughs> that thing just opened up not long ago. We get one heavy rain, and then it turns into practically every other viaduct. That's. <laughs> The city of Springfield has to deal with with flooding. Uh, Alderwoman DeCenso? I understand, but you have to under, you have to understand what Ward Six has been through with yeah. this rail improvement project. No kidding. And these closures um, disrupting their lives for the last several years, and then. Let me get that flood. Incredible. All right, that's your council roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. Head West Subs. Appreciate their support. All right, stay tuned. Coming back, we will tell you about events coming up at Chatham Park where you're going to see some incredible kites fly in the sky, but also some beautiful pups. So stay tuned. It's coming up next. Here with Springfield's Morning News, I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY.